Yes. Yes, I know. Yes, I heard. Yes, I am talking about both things, either thing you might be thinking about. Yeah. It's not that I hadn't heard, it's that I was ignoring it, unsuccessfully, for as long as I could. Yes, I know that the report about the sinkhole's behavior has been confirmed as true. I know they're looking into it, and I know the businesses operating directly next to the dome have been encouraged to prepare for the possibility of an extended closure. Yes, I know. You don't need to keep telling me. No, I will not be rescinding anything I have said about Emrys Lord. The fact that he happens to have turned out to be correct about this one particular thing does not suddenly mean he's a reliable source. Everybody gets one. Moments like this, I'm glad my grandpa's gone, because I can hear him and he'd have a fucking field day. A stop fucking clock is still right twice a day, you better teach your little friends a thing or two or they're going to get taken for a ride and nobody else is going to take the blame for it, you hear me? Okay, did I... Fuck, I have to edit that out. I'll do that after. Anyway, the fact that we're acknowledging that the hole is acting weird does not necessarily mean anything. It doesn't change anything. I don't know how I could have been more clear about this. All we've got to compare this anomalous behavior to is the initial sinkhole event, which nobody saw coming, because why would you have, and the fling, which nobody saw coming, because up until that point the hole was so dark and quiet they just put a gigantic fucking slab over it, stuck a plaque on it, and called it a day. Maybe some of you don't know this. A lot of you aren't local, so maybe you don't. Before the fling, the research center operated out of the Amity Crescent Mall over on South Sea. They were researching the hole inside empty shoe stores with all the fixtures shoved to one side under a tarp because Morgan Terring wouldn't let them change or remove anything out of a concern it might cause trouble with their tenants. If you don't know, the Amity Mall is, like, old. It was built back when the fashionable thing was to paint absolutely everything shades of pastel, and it still fucking looks like that. Look up pictures. You can find those. It's intensely surreal. What I'm saying is we don't know shit. Yeah, okay. The hole is acting up. That still doesn't mean anything. Nothing's changed since the last time I talked about this. We haven't learned anything new. We've just agreed that whatever the fuck the hole is doing is just outside our tenuous baseline of whatever we think is normal for it. I don't want to fucking talk about this anymore. Let's talk about the other thing. We need to talk about the other thing. Yes, I've seen the video. And yes, it's real. 
I would know. It's, um... It's one of the ones I pulled from the tapes. I was able to find the lady in it and ask her if she'd be comfortable with me releasing it. She asked me not to. I guess she wanted to do that herself or something. Yeah, she's telling the truth. Well, well, she's telling the truth about that being the guy from the Eileen Acton interview. The, um, the technovision guy. Jim, I guess his name is. Was? Anyway, I genuinely did not realize he was local. I mean, Techdivision was gone before I got here. I figured the staff relocated with it when it went. That was pretty standard back in those days. A lot less telecommuting. When I first watched it, I didn't even put together that the guy in the video was the same guy. It just made an impression. It's kind of why I had the whole urban exploration thing on the brain. I watch and listen to a lot of content now that I've gotten the hang of ripping and isolating the signals on the tapes. But this one... This one stuck out to me. But it doesn't mean anything. He was local. He fell into the hole. A lot of people fell into the hole. So many people fell into the hole that I feel like it's statistically very likely to assume that at least one person who fell into the hole might have worked for Techdivision back when it was in the JMB. It's just a coincidence that this video happens to be of that particular guy. It does not mean anything. This is how conspiracy theories start. Coincidences happen, and people refuse to accept that they're coincidences. Really, honestly, I want you to step back for a moment and ask yourself what's more believable. The existence of some grand conspiracy where Calliope had advanced knowledge of the formation of the whole and silenced this guy as a whistleblower, or... The idea that some guy went on TV once to complain about how much his workplace sucked and then just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time along with thousands of other people because he lived there. Because he did. He lived here. I don't know, maybe you forgot. But that's also how I ended up in the hole. By this sort of logic, there must be some sort of sinister link between us. Me and this guy I never met and literally did not know lived in my neighborhood. This is not somebody getting shot in a drive-by. This was a massive natural disaster. Well, maybe natural is not the right word for it, but anyway, it would be some kind of overkill if this all turned out to have been calculated to get rid of one guy who blew the whistle on some bad architecture. Come on! It would have been faster and cheaper to just shoot him and bribe the cops to call it a mugging gone wrong. It's not like that's something that never happens. When I said to examine things critically and not assume everything is exactly as it appears, I did not mean jump to wild conclusions and let them run away with you. No. Come on. I know you're smarter than this. 
As fun as it seems to go along with something you know is ridiculous, the sort of people who are going to latch onto this aren't necessarily going to access your sensory data beyond the superficial. Or might not be on the nev. To them, you're a warm body who agrees with what they've decided is true. Because that's what they want. To say and to believe that other people agree with them so they can feel as though they are standing bravely in the face of some great and terrible conspiracy only they can defeat. Do not enable this behavior. You have a responsibility not to enable this behavior. We've talked about this. Recently. When you do this, you're doubling down on the existence of fairies in a world full of people who could be the next Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You know better. I know you know better. People want to believe in things. People want to feel important and in the know and like they're on the edge of some great discovery. You have a responsibility to them and to each other to at least not be the person enabling the grift. Please. I don't get a lot of chances to spend time with other people who aren't on the Nev, partially because uh, a weird number of people around here seem to believe the Nev is some sort of shadow government plot to mind control people, but I've been kicking around in this... this era of reality. Oh, oh God, that makes me sound like a time traveler. Am I a time traveler? What constitutes time travel? It's way too fucking early in the day to get this existential. Anyway, anyway, I've been around long enough to have noticed a theme amongst other people who are not on the Nev. Kind of touched on it a little in one of my earlier audio posts. There's a... A gap. A very real and ever-widening gap between people who are and are not on the Nev. A social gap. It's... It's actually kind of interesting, in a way, looking at it from my perspective. Because it reminds me a bit of the way my grandparents would talk about my classmates having cell phones and laptops and stuff... The way they felt about kids being able to access the internet completely unsupervised, uh, having computers and televisions in their rooms. and Maybe it makes me more sympathetic to those people. I don't know. But I see it. I, I see where that fear and hesitation comes from. It's not within the scope of their childhoods. For my grandparents, that was time. It was generational. For a lot of these people, it's health, it's upbringing, it's trauma. It's knowing the one in a hundred thousand people who got the NEV procedure and had something go really wrong. It's having a parent or a sibling or a partner who got on the NEV and got into something or someone that took them away, and blaming that on the technology because it hurts less than looking directly into the face of rejection or abandonment. Less than having to see yourself mirrored in the eyes of it and asking your reflection. Was it me? Was it something wrong with me? 
There are a lot of reasons people turn out this way. Turn into people who are vulnerable to the predations of conspiracy. And the gap between NEV users and everybody else seems to be one of them. It's, uh, it's alienating. Especially if you live in an urban environment. It's hard to meet people. Hard to make friends. It's hard to talk to people who are used to communicating through the NEV, because the way you communicate emotions in unassisted conversation, it's, it's so much slower, so much less precise. I get the sense it feels ponderous, kind of lumbering to them, to you, when I talk to you in person. And that means your best option is other people who are not on the NEV. <laughs> and I think I'm just unlucky. It feels like every time I meet somebody I can have a conversation with, it's only a matter of time before they try to sit me down and tell me about how nerve tech is affecting children's ability to socialize and creating a culture of toxic communality and breaking down the sense of individual personhood. And I mean, they said almost the exact same shit about the internet. Everything changes except people. People stay the same. Year to year, decade to decade, century to century. People stay the same. But, yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for them. I understand why things are the way they are. I mean, at the end of the day, it's much easier to let yourself get swept into a sense of community and belonging and reassurance than it is to side with the side that makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. If you have to pick a side, it's easier to pick the side that tells you what you want to hear. Even if it's in the middle of a bunch of stuff you don't really believe. Or don't start off believing. This isn't me making a case for extending compassion to people like me. People who can't get nevved. I want to be very clear. I think choosing not to be on the NEV should be a choice people are allowed to make. I think they should recognize that choosing to do so in a world that will make no effort to accommodate them is a commitment. But I think it's a choice people should be allowed to make without having to worry about... But having people... But it's always been like that. When I was growing up, if you were the one kid without the cell phone, that wasn't just something that made you hard to get a hold of and talk to and hurt your ability to connect with your peers. It, it was almost like a mark against your character, in a way. I don't know how to explain it. I never really understood it. So I don't know how to explain it. But I see it. I see it now. I see it happening, here, in this. I'm kind of having a revelation, sorry. Sometimes you just say some shit and realize something about yourself you should have clued into a decade ago, I guess. Anyway, this, uh, wow. Jesus, I think this might be the most wildly off-topic I've ever fucking gotten. We were talking about the Tecto Guy tape. Uh, the, the Jim Falk tape. His name was Jim Falk. 
Well, James Falk, I think, but everything I've heard suggests the only person who ever called him James was probably his mother. You know what's funny? I never even thought to look into if people had figured out who the detective guy was. I mean, like, I'm sort of loosely in contact with a couple other people who work for Paradigm, and I asked them if they knew, and one of them did. Uh, I mean, uh, when I say people who work for Paradigm, I mean other members of the 112, if that wasn't obvious. People from the neighborhood. But, uh, yeah, I guess that was a thing people knew. It just didn't matter enough to become a thing that a lot of people knew. It wasn't a secret. Me not knowing doesn't mean it was. I didn't know a lot of shit. There are honestly a lot of things I still don't know. And some of them are things I could probably find out if I bothered to try. I didn't know Jim Falk was the techno guy from the Eileen Acton interview. I didn't know Jim Falk. But I am telling you with 100% certainty that this guy was just a guy. And I can kind of prove it. As much as you can prove anything about a guy who's not around to speak for himself. I'm not going to speculate about Miss Laramie's motives or intentions here. That's not what I'm trying to do. All I'm doing is sharing with you a bit of what the Jim Falk tape sounded like before it, uh... Before it got recut for public viewing because I do still have it. That's the beauty of ripped data. You can give it away without giving it away. Okay, camera's on. This is where you want me to take the shot from? Yeah. How's it look? Not great. The trees are in the way. You can't really get a good look at the house. That's okay. There can be a couple trees in the shot. Here, we can move a little closer if it bugs you that much. How's that? Better-ish. Sorry, why can't we just shoot it from the road? It's all open. It'd be a better shot. In the daytime, sure, but there's no way to light it from the road and have it look good if we want to shoot at night. If we shoot from here, we can set up the floodlights over there without them showing up in the shot. If we shoot from the road, people will see them. Okay, hold up. Please don't tell me this whole thing is just an excuse to test your... Parchment paper mimics natural light in video hypothesis. Ambient light, Jim. Not natural light. The blue filter was the natural light thing. The parchment paper thing is different. I've tried it at home. It works, okay? The parchment paper diffuses the light, kind of like a lampshade. So, if we layer it over the floodlights and place them in the right positions, we can light the shot and make the shadows look natural, even in the dark. We'll get lots of long shadows and stuff, but it'll just look like the light is filtering in from a nearby building or something. Trust me, it's gonna look great. Come on, let's try another look through those trees, see how the angle works. Okay, okay, sure, yeah, but why? (laughs) What do you mean, why? It's gonna look good. It'll really amp up the energy, make the house look spooky. What's up? 
It's not that I don't understand what you're saying, but hey, D, why? Why what? Why the angles? Why the floodlights? <laughs> I told you, if we don't have the floodlights, the shots will be too dark, and if we try to shoot from the road, they'll show up in the frame. I know that, D. I'm not asking how it works. I'm asking why we need to shoot the house at night. We didn't shoot the inside at night. Because it'll look good. Don't you want this to look good? Sure I do, but I don't understand why looking good has got to mean looking scary. D. When that happened, when did, hey Jim, want to come explore an abandoned building with me? Turn into us making a horror movie or something. (laughs) Is that what this is? Because if you wanted me to help you make a horror movie, you could have just We're not making a fucking horror movie, Jim. God, why can't you just trust me? You know, I'd love to, Wendy. But you don't make it fucking easy sometimes. Scary videos do better online. Do they now? Yes. I told you I was going to start a channel. No, you told me you were going to put together some videos for Dita's art night. I am. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. Don't act like there isn't a difference between asking me to help you make a video for our friends and asking me to be your fucking content, Wendy. I was going to tell you. Yeah? When? God. I should have fucking known. Jim... Jim, this doesn't need to be an argument. You know, I revisited the Jim Falk tape before I sat down to record this, and in hindsight, I probably could have guessed. It's not the voice that stuck with me. I honestly didn't recognize it at all. I don't think I even really clocked him as sounding familiar. It's the way he says... Don't act like there's no difference between asking me to help you make a video and asking me to be your content. That's a very specific... I feel like the sort of common sense, intuitive way most people would have ended that sentence is... And asking me to help you make content. Asking me to be your content is something you say when... When you have reason to believe that... It's something you say when you are a person who is or does or has done something that would make people around you consider you... Content. Viable content. And not for doing anything outside of what you already do. Just for being present. It's... Something you say when you know your presence is never going to be incidental to the creation of a spectacle. That people aren't going to let it be incidental. I think it stuck out to me because it feels like something I would say. If it was just this footage in particular that had been omitted, I don't think I would have said anything. But then... If it was just this footage, I don't think we would be having this conversation. Again, I don't want to cast aspersions on Miss Laramie's character. I don't know her. 
40 years is a very long time, and I'd like to believe she's grown and changed as a person. What I do know is that the building in this video is not the Jackson Millennium Building. And I do know that this is not a video of Jim Falk sneaking a friend into his old workplace a week before the hole opened up. Now, as far as I can tell, it's impossible to definitively tell when something that comes off a sinkhole tape was recorded. But if I had to guess, based on Jim's reaction and how old the two of them seem, I would put this at something like when Calliope moved into the JMB, maybe. There was a lot of renewed interest in the Eileen Acton interview back then because of the lawsuit over changing the name. I'm not saying Miss Laramie saw an opportunity and tried to capitalize on it. I'm not saying anything. What I'm doing, will do, is put the entirety of the original video up with this post. Clearly, she's decided she doesn't really mind having it out in the world, so out it goes, I guess. He was just a guy. Just somebody unlucky enough to live in the wrong part of the wrong city. Like me. Makes me wonder what people would have made up about me if I hadn't come back out in the fling. Anyway... Stay safe, and try not to fall into any holes. <laughs>